हेलो 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 गाइस वेलकम टू दिस न्यू एपिसोड ऑफ माइंड पॉडकास्ट वेबकास्ट डिबेट्स आप कुछ भी गिन लो बट इट्स अ स्पेशल माइंड पॉडकास्ट इट्स इट्स नॉट हैपनिंग ऑन द वीकेंड इट्स हैपनिंग ऑन अ वीकडे आफ्टर अ वेरी इंपॉर्टेंट इवेंट दैट हैज हैपेंड इन इन इंडिया बेसिकली यस्टरडे और द 5th ऑफ अगस्त व्हिच नाउ सीम्स टू बी नोन इन इंडियन हिस्ट्री एज अ वेरी इंपॉर्टेंट डेट फॉर मल्टीपल रीजंस for what happened last year but we are this is not to discuss uh, uh, the kashmir thing although three of us would love to talk about kashmir as well but this is uh, to discuss the bhumi pujan that happened in the at the ram janmabhumi uh, temple at the ram for the ram mandir to be constructed in ayodhya uh, so prime minister narendra modi went to the uh, went to the site and, and did a sashtang namaskar and at 1244 the bhumi Uh, pujan happened uh, i mean it started before but that's when uh, uh, the, the it was placed there and yogi the chief minister of uttar pradesh yogi adityanath uh, governor of up uh, anandiben patel and uh, 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 the chief of the sar sanchalak of the rss mohan bhagwat were present uh, at the pujan so a lot has been said a lot has been discussed we are here to do uh, give you our take on what the events that have happened um, on what this means for india going forward what is the political meaning of this and for you know what this means for uttar pradesh which is uh, you know goes to elections as well in about a year and a half but apart from that we also want to discuss in the last part about what this means for hindus across the world as well especially hindu americans since a lot of our listeners do happen uh, to tune in from you know from us uk and so forth so with me i've got a, a panel to discuss this uh, my fellow compadre um, Uh, Pramod Kumar Buravalli, co-founder of Mind Makers. How are you, Pramod? I'm blessed to be on this Ramcast. If if 250, if 250 episode ke baad mujhe still apka bio dena padega, so I don't know what the hell our, our, our listeners have been doing for the last two hours. I, I said Ramcast because I thought we we're going to talk about Mandal Kamandal, but now because of our esteemed guest, we are also going to talk about Bhoom Mandal. Look <laughs> if. <laughs> If if you get me into Mandal Kamandal, both you and Nehal know that I will mute you both and just talk about Indian politics for thirty minutes. So, that will be much better. Both ideas are there, but um, uh, I would like to introduce our next guest, uh, author, columnist, founder of Shaktitva, Nehal Srivastava, uh, and my podcast alumni, as I always like to call her when I introduce her, Nehal. Namaste, everyone. Uh, I'm so happy to be here. This is actually the first formal conversation I'm having uh, about Ram Mandir. So I'm very excited uh, because, like, all the questions are formal. I need to get them out. I forgot to give you uh, give the most important part of your bio. A resident of Uttar Pradesh, right? Because. हम लोग तो वी कैन ऑल से बट दिस दिस मीन्स अ लॉट मोर टू यूपी फोक्स फ्रॉम यूपी एंड बाय नेहा विल टॉक अबाउट दैट Right. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm not a resident right now, but you know, uh, home is where the heart is. Yes. Uh, we we have this we have this slogan we have this slogan in or a saying in Gujarati. Jaja vasse Gujarati, tiyathiya vasse Gujarat. Wherever the Gujaratis are, they take Gujarat with them. So exactly. Our Prime Minister is the living embodiment of that, but <laughs> I, I, I I'm not again going into that. But let's 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 talk about. the significance of this moment right because after the supreme court after the supreme court decision and again i would like to say unanimous 50 decision another thing that 
a lot of people from the left forget to talk about is the archaeological survey of india the asi report right what did the asi report mean the significance of that and so forth so i would like i, I would like us to talk about that so uh, pramod let me get your first thoughts and then we'll go to neha and then we'll talk give a nuanced discussion of about what this means my first thoughts were that i spent a lot of the day uh, in anticipation uh, and and uh, you know uh, immerse myself with uh, prayer immerse myself with uh, uh, a silent recognition of all the people that i knew and i have heard of and i have seen uh, sacrifice their entire lifetimes just to see if their aradhya daivam Uh, or aradhya devata in rama at least can uh, can he have a, a decent temple or a thought of having a decent temple so for me it was the happiest day i i called it the hindu independence day uh, august 5th because of various uh, reasons it's a it's an unshackling of the colonial mind and no better place than ayodhya where my aradhya devam rama is uh, going to make a comeback after 3 years i think uh, that's the timeline they are saying Uh, so i have mixed feelings emotional feelings very spiritually uh, it is making it is creating a very big pull for me so much so that uh, i would like to compete with uh, miss lucknow here to actually buy property in ayodhya and settle there sometime in the future if i can you know it has been a lifetime dream of uh, mine to at least have a small little place where i can you know do my uh you sit under a tree and just do nothing and and be in that land so it's a very big thing also uh, just on the other side of things um rama is uh, a cultural and civilizational uh, you know uh, person right so when i when i was seeing uh, seeing these uh, wishes coming in from korea all of these other people from thailand it just gives you such a a feeling of surreal sort of atmosphere because imagine in 3 years neha ji adit that there will be an international airport in ayodhya which will have more flights than possibly you know any other city other than the four metro cities can you imagine that ki kaise transformation hone wala hai main mere wrong the khade ho rahe hain ki you know imagining the things that are in store for us so and and i'm going to go to neha next what you said basically you gave a very personal perspective of what this means right in the what has is this historically meant uh, we before we even get into this i i'm going to i i, I don't know why i didn't do this first but please if you haven't listened already go back a couple of episodes where dimple and i interviewed the sister of the kothari brothers who talked about their struggle and what they faced in 1990 uh, i'm really telling you pause this and listen to that first and then come to this because we that was 30 years ago and that story has still not been told as many times as it should have to as many people right so if if we are managing if we are managing to reach a wider audience via this podcast i want to tell you guys please listen to that but neha what what i wanted to ask you was that uh, of course let us know like what you personally feel about this and stuff but civilizationally right uh, i i i'm going to quote a uh, a, a quote that congress themselves have forgotten that one of their leaders said their prime minister said that india is a young country in an old civilization right wasn't this a mani- this reactions from different part of different parts of the world testament to that that we are an old civilization of you know how many years i'm not even going to date us but that you know people are reacting to this so what is your take on this 
so I I warned you this is going to happen. <laughs> so I, I'm already tearing up. So so don't blame me. But um, you know I, the fun thing is uh, you know I live I I grew up like you know most of my life I grew up in Lucknow. Then I went to Noida for my, uh, my, my for my bachelor's, four years there, and in this entire my entire life, I've not been to Ayodhya. Wow. wow! It's only a few hundred kilometers away from my place. You can drive up to there, but we've never been, and the reason is that we couldn't bear to. we sometimes we would take the trip to kashi and then usually you do prayag ayodhya kashi like it's a circuit usually but for some reason we we skip ayodhya mm-hmm. even recently my cousin from mumbai we uh, i think a few years ago uh, she was she wanted to sort of tour the state and do, go to these uh, spiritual places so we went everywhere we didn't go to ayodhya she asked me and i was like i'm not i'm not ready and one of the reasons behind that is that uh, four generations of my family have been involved with this like i don't even consider any i haven't done anything like i didn't get the privilege of of doing any sort of kar seva unfortunately uh, but four generations have been involved in different ways some contributed intellectually every single like at least every single prominent member of my family that i know from my father's generation has contributed in some way or the other whether it's through donations or through sending the eat that they showed or or like actually going up there my father was there in 1990 and um after the whole 89 thing really before that uh, ramlala used to be for, for some like uh, at least my grandmother tells told us that for some time ramlala used to be worshiped in the prangan in the masjid prangan Uh, like it was the masjid structure was still there but in the in the prangar there used to be uh, a little bit of worship then after 89 um, the after 89 to 90 incident uh, the riots broke out we were affected like i was i was barely like what i was 5 4 5 years old uh, but i still remember that that was a very like that that emotional um, impact of those riots of i know that my family sort of hid me away in a room and we stayed there all night and even the next day we weren't sure if we should step out um and then the we didn't know where our my my father was where my brother was we didn't know if they're coming back home it was it was it was not good hmm. and um after that we heard the news that uh, ramlala had been shifted into a tent into a makeshift tent in the aftermath and i still remember that, like i don't remember exactly how my family reacted to it because I, i was very young but every single time after growing up when when the conversation of ayodhya would come up like there would be a newspaper article or um, there would be you know some image somewhere somebody go saying that you know i went to uh, see the ramlala or something like some conversation happened my grandmother would be like you know she would just shake her head and just go inside her room so being a child you know i used to follow around my grandmother so i would uh, ask her like what happened and she'd say i can't bear the thought that you know our our the greatest um uh, what can be a bigger failure for an entire civilization that the like uh, uh, like the uh, we had one job right like he is he is like our child ramlala is like in a baby form and and we can't even give him a decent place to live right he's sitting in a tent i we've left our baby in a tent is what she would say and i think uh, and i think to expand on your point sometimes people forget that it's not just the 
temple itself, but the city of Ayodhya itself that occupies such a big significance in Indian civilization. Uh, Prime Minister Modi alluded to this. So there is obviously the Ram Temple. In uh, Jain scriptures, more, many Tirthankars were actually born in Ayodhya, having some sort of a relation to the Ikshivakubakshu dynasty. So it's in Indian civilization, ke liye bhi, this is a very, you know, this is sort of an epochal move, moment. Um, what I sort of found very disturbing is there were a few people like, you know, the term WhatsApp university is used by the left way. There were left, left members of the WhatsApp university uh, posting messages that uh, Ram Charitra Manas was composed some 50 years after Babri Masjid was done. So Ram Charitra Manas was this oh, uh, talking about this fictional character Ram and stuff like that. Right. So it, it is unbelievable the amount of, um, you know, we talk about colonial sort of history thing. It's, it's unbelievable the amount of ignorance that existed in a lot of people who were opposing that. So what do you respond to the people like those who make such weird allegations? Any one of you can go first. I'm sorry, I didn't take a specific. I honestly, like, at this point, I simply say to them, like, you, you do not understand us. I don't know who you speak for. Uh, the the elites and the, the, you know, there is intellect, there's a lot of intellectual commentary going on um, on Twitter, Shri Ram is not this, Shri Ram is not that, Shri Ram is this and he's not this. And right, like, there's a lot of, after this, especially like uh, yes, after yesterday, we saw a lot of backstabbers of the Congress who actually were supposed to stand with us. Like uh, now they're trying to do Jagrata and they're trying to do all this Notanki Puja. But the fact of the matter is that they betrayed us. Right? We voted, we used to vote for them. Congress used to be a party where there used to be a space for the subaltern Hindu. There used to be a space where you could wear a tilak and go to, uh, you know, to your office. Now you are actually judging a prime minister for simply doing pujas. Right? What madness is this? You are actually shaming. And this is not, I'm not even talking about the Ram Janmabhumi inauguration. The first thing, he is a Hindu guy, right? He, he is a Hindu guy. Every, they, uh, the pre, every president who's elected here has been Christian in, the, in America. After every election, they all go for a national prayer breakfast. Yes. Right? What, and, and, yet here, and yet there is a guy who, who's a Hindu guy who's going to go to the temple and you're mocking him and shaming him for simply practicing his faith so you've made it impossible for hindus to exist in india so where they are not they are not constantly being shamed for simply wearing like it's maddening right and now you are pretending that you understand us priyanka gandhi vandra is pretending that you know she somehow speaks for the brahmins of up what madness is this right you you don't even know us right you're talking about shashi tharoor is pretending that you know sri ram is a civilizational ideal and whatever what not, Anki? We, we knew how you treated Sri Ram. You constantly back, uh, like backstabbed him. And now they are saying apparently that he is in the market. Mein, ki, um, the people who are, the universal appeal of Ram and Sanatan Dharma cannot be commandeered by those who chant either hymns or slogans. Uh, he belongs to all humanity. For Hindutva, Ram is a god to be worshipped. No, but, but, uh, uh, Ram to be worshipped is Hindutva. People who worship Ram is Hindutva. Then what is the difference? Then why do you pretend no, but, that there is? But but, but let me let me interject here. I don't think it is ignorance or it is arrogance. It is it is connivance of pure evil of how they are trying to humanize Rama and try to make that person as a historical per, uh, personality a person that existed 
with multiple personalities and multiple sort of so they are going to try to study him now now that this is going to be an academic project i, I know i see i understand the, i understand the intellectual right? argument but for right. a second let's understand that these people are at least the congress party is not intellectuals right they are representatives of the people the idea in a democracy is when you vote for somebody you elect somebody who speaks for you in the parliament right you take our votes and you speak the bhasha of some jnu professor you do not speak our bhasha so you do not represent us then when we elect grassroots politicians you shame them you are mocking uh, um, our our you know people who don't can't speak english you mock them in the parliament you mock them uh, you mock the sadhvi ritambara for speaking in in the tone that she speaks so you you mock uma bharti these are not upper caste people these are not elites right these are these are our voice and you mock them simply for wearing saffron what crime possible crime has saffron done to you Right? right so this i i i understand there is an intellectual argument to be had in what they are trying to do is the christian protestant uh, reformation but th- th- this is not about it that even right you are basically back yeah, i want to actually make a good point uh, or not a good point good or not you guys decide <laughs> i want to make a point i meant um there was on twitter i saw a trend by some folks who are like you know from uh, uh, some folks from tamil nadu i don't know if they were dmk supporters or not but they were saying something like our king is ravanan you know because uh, and not rama and in to my 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 first thought was we believe in lanka or what no 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 forget that ravanan was a shaivite and you guys claim to be atheist so first uh-huh. you are all shaivites no that that is you because if you are king do you accept a shaivite because he was a devout shaivite right i mean forget all that he ran his kingdom according to dharma or at least what he thought was dharma ंग Uh, very beautiful bhajans recorded by hindu women from all over uh, the world uh, to celebrate the the temple and this was like a, an expression they were naturally singing and they were posting in the little like you know in our group where we have like shaktitva group um, and so i said can i compile that in a video so like some people said they will give it to me but because of uh, it, then people get formal no? so we it took some time to compile it and now it's compiled and i'm not kidding you uh, the same time when i went to twitter and i saw some stupid tweet saying that shri ram is not worshiped in south india and ironically the videos that i of ram bhajan that i was getting or at least five of them are telugus okay so i was like clearly no you never met a telugu person to claim that shri ram is not worshipped in south india and then now abhi if you go to that video it's on youtube uh, there are 18 uh, artists there are 20 songs out of that so there are seven rep- language representations and the majority i had to actually say no to some of the telugu submissions because i was like yaar ye pura telugu ho jayega So, so so this this and there are now there are tamil there are malayalam there are uh, telugu and there are hindi there are avadi bridge bhasha uh, and all of these submissions are there but i'm just saying like you know this this madness i this is what i say ki i you don't represent us you don't know us you don't understand what moves the ordinary hindu of india it's as simple as that you are trying to embark on a social engineering project which has right. failed and you are too loath and too elitist to admit that it has failed 
you wanted us to detach us from our aastha and you have failed in that and so now you're basically angry and ranting yogendra uh, yadav uh, the eternal social scientist wrote a piece on uh, print about the uh, the failure of secularism with the the event on fifth uh, and i think uh, uh, shekhar gupta published it with much pomp and you know a kind of side slightly agreed to it but also saying that this is his opinion this is a project that uh, in a, again the reason why i call uh, the august 5th day a, a post colonial uh, milestone day because uh, it it has seen so many of the subterranean uh, theories that were in play collapse uh, like a pack of cards and they are so um, you know so distraught right now i think uh, neha ji wanted to show some tweets but i was seeing a collage of tweets of that somebody beautifully made and the anguish this so called left liberals were uh, you know showing that the kind of disgust it is unbelievable the bile and hatred that they were uh, you know putting it out there you know oh i have uh, that <laughs> yeah yeah if you want to show it yeah that was unbelievable somebody shared it and and my mother was saying ki i mean these are the most disgusting yeah there this is this is the one i'm talking about yeah. so so now is you i'm not i'm like see some of these things like to an outside observer this may seem rational right if you're an american citizen you're watching this may seem rational like yes there was a uh, the, all these people are saying is that there was a destruction of the mosque but you have to also have to see what they're not saying what they're yeah. not saying is that conclusive evidence was presented uh, which proved that there was a ram mandir before the demolition of the mosque which is another the, element that the asi report by kk mohammed and bibilal has been completely forgotten ha huh. so and then on top of that they keep saying these are these are uh, whatsapp historians and what or kk mohammed is a whatsapp uh, 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 he's an he's a, he was he worked in as say minakshi jain has more phd's than all of them combined right and then then uh, they are being called uh, as whatsapp historian so basically whatsapp historian is short for any historian i don't like right and so who tells the truth then another element yahan par aap dekhiye nobody is mentioning about the historical evidence people who were proven who's had to admit in court that they did not actually know anything about anything are now still still writing article saying that there is no evidence and none of so them spoke are... a thing on hagia sophia when that happened uh-huh. uh, and 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 nobody even said ki you know maybe uh, th- that is also equally out you know at least monkey balancing jo karte na but i don't uh, think, i think for us to fall into that discussion because i think the ram temple and the hagia sophia discussions are two completely separate discussions because the yeah. there is no, not even an acknowledgement right on on one side the the hagia sophia thing i mean i, I personally think they're not even comparable we of course we don't agree with what has happened there but here the cases there is historical evidence there is reports and they are willing to ignore everything over just for some phony concept of you know secularism or whatever but movies are secular this is no 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 this is yeah, erasure of hindus right i'm not saying i'm not saying the classical definition i'm saying their version No, by any definition this is not secularism and the good thing is they're not even making pretense of it anymore right yeah. what they, they this is actual hindu erasure because now they've graduated to the argument that hinduism is only has caste 
and therefore and caste is a social evil so in order to eradicate social evils you need to eradicate hinduism now that is out in the open at least pehle it was a pretentious thing now it's out in the open so that's a positive thing that has come out of it another element yahan pe dekho ki none of them is mentioning that for 500 years we caught a caught a legal case hmm. for out of those 500 years 492 years out of those 492 years 472 years you gaslit us hmm. right when we were under mughal rule at that time chalo we had some consolation ki we don't have our our own sarkar to nobody going to listen to us that's fine then we went to colonial rule we still had that argument ki bhai the british are not uh, they are not they are not our people we don't have our own land we don't control the uh, government and we don't control the laws and so therefore we cannot make a legitimate case they are going to be biased against us right so there is a you you tend to be a little bit resigned against colonialism that happens but then then what you are saying is ki now that is so we are going to ignore those 472 years then we got our own um, uh, uh, constitution we supposedly became independent and then you still get gaslit us for 50 years then in 1990 you know the the emotions ran high which was not very different from what happened in america not too long ago christopher columbus is in, sitting in the river right now for a reason because there is a limit to how much people can tolerate right so now colonial statues all over the world are coming out and so the the same thing happened in ayodhya uske baad there was a reactionary riot which was not started uh, but there was a reaction to the demolition so if white people start rioting against black people for taking down racist statues that's what happened right and then there was pushback so now those riots and now those riots have become the symptom of everything and then uske baad bhi we still went on to make a legal argument right agar it if it was majoritarian hate we couldn't we did not we need to wait for another 20 years yeah. right if all we needed to do was build an, on top of it we didn't even why why would we bother to go to the court and do the excavations and we already already knew this right we knew this for 500 years and, and, and i find this argument the absolute funniest where people say that uh, oh we can disagree with the supreme court decision i'm like oh you absolutely can and you know in the in the uh, you know in democracy you can disagree with the court but that doesn't mean your disagreement is what will happen You know, <laughs> you, a disagreement. I, I don't tell me this. I, I, you can disagree with the decision, but you tell me this. So, what is the disagreement with facts? How can you disagree with facts? We actually dug out, dug up remnants of the temple from under that thing, and you are disagreeing with facts now. Facts are a right-wing, right-wing conspiracy. Don't you know that? <laughs> According to them, but we, we, we are getting close to the last part of the discussion, and the last ten, because uh, this is such an emotional topic for all of us that we already went about ten minutes over time than what we thought. But the I want to wrap this part up, and the last five minutes we are going to focus about what this means for people around the world, right? And Neha has a couple of very interesting things to uh, talk about that. But Pramod, your final thoughts on this part of the discussion, and then we'll come to that. on one side you see these racial symbols imposed by the western colonial project falling down mm. on one side my rama is rising up okay. <laughs> what else can i say this is uh, this is what i have been working all of my life is to go and pray in that temple mm. that is all i want to do is sit and just pray for my aradhya daivam who was born there and i had to go through all of these processes set and imposed on my own uh, people by my own people these legal processes this this whole excavation when the truth was very well known to us and i i want to say sorry to my future generations that we took so long if my daughters tomorrow ask me neha ji knows 
how inquisitive my daughters are is why did you hindus you lazy buggers you took so many hundreds of years to prove a fact that you knew all along and you had to go through all of this process you imposed democracy on yourself you imposed secularism on yourself you said we will only follow the court of law uh, to my daughters it will be very funny but unfortunately i have to explain that no i disagree i disagree However long it took, due processes were followed. There were there, there was a Supreme Court decision. Hey, but uh, there was I know Pramod is making the emotional argument, right? But ye mera. No, no, no. I practically am going to support you, but you continue. <laughs> I'm saying there are some historical moments where you proved beyond the shadow of doubt using science, using the legal system, and took you know and had a political mandate to do what you decided to do, and which is why and not just on. on national level even on the state level let's not forget the yogi adityanath government has more than 3/4 of the seats in the up assembly more than 300 seats right in a, and i don't think such a majority in up has been for a long long time right correct me for but i am i am trying to i'll just conclude just give me half a minute i know neha ji also wants to intervene here what i meant to say is for in the future when my daughter goes to krishna janmasthana which we we've gone many times there and it's very clear that uh, you know one place there is the the jail cell in, in which bhagwan krishna was born and right the next uh, wall is uh, there is a masjid right beside it and gyanwapi is also very apparent right such clear encroachments are visible for the future generations and here we are their ancestors showing that ye hum 500 saal laga denge beta patience is very a, a big virtue tum bhi yahi jhelna padega tumko और कोर्ट का आपको खटखटा करना पड़ेगा दैट इज व्हाट आई एम अशेम्ड ऑफ दैट इज व्हाट आई फील सैड कि मैं अपनी बेटियों को क्या बोलूंगा जाके तीस पांच सौ साल और रुक जाओ बट आई टेल यू आई टेल यू बिफोर नेहा कम्स इन एक चीज मैं बताऊंगा इट्स लिटिल फ्रिवलस बट आई टेल यू द्वालिटी ऑफ ऑपोजिशन टू दिस हैज गॉन डाउन सो रेडिक्यूलसली शशि थरूर हूम नेहा मैं pm modi congratulated 130 crore indians when he spoke at the ram mandir yesterday but india's population is estimated to be 138.438 crore in mid 2020 and omission of 8 crore people is worrying to many after ca nrc if an advertent a correction should be made so somebody said he uh, i think it was kartikeya tanda or someone that when you said your tweet you also omitted 4385 people when you said just 8 crore people and given how con- congress is conduct is in was post 1984 ra- uh, andira gandhi's thing it is very worrying that you omitted 4300 people you are being very unfair to sashi tharoor really no, unfair i am actually acknowledging his skills as a comedian on amazon prime oh. he came with a special <laughs> so pramod ji i i counter your point because yeah. um, see i know where you are coming from right I, and i know i've i've as i told you right i've seen this frustration and i am not i can't lie and say that i have not felt that frustration it like you know when your own baby is lying in a tent it's as i said like you know he is ramlala is our is is you know up ka wo uh, so if you can't like all of these intellectual arguments sound very stupid when you are saying you know my baby is literally lying in the tent how can you let him be like that and i i understand your frustration but also and i also appreciate that first of all we stands on the shoulders of giants right every single generation of our ancestors fought and fought in the way they thought best right like there there and there were unprecedented scenarios there was 
literally hindus were relegated to second class citizens in their own uh, states uh, it, it they were then they went on to uh, muslim rule it went on to colonial rule we we went through mass murders we went through mass rapes and we went through uh, complete destruction of entire like the attacks on our psyche it was overwhelming and one more thing uh, one quick thing that we tend to forget when we are being too critical of ourselves is that no other civilization has survived this right no other ancient civilization has survived two waves of colonization and still stayed true and remembered his god their gods remembered their culture remembered and and continued that unbroken tradition despite everything we did that and that was also important and and it is like you know ab hum modern like we we sit in our modern homes and we think that maybe more could have been done but sitting in that environment we we they still tried right and the fact that and and another very important thing is the biggest contribution of our ancestors was that they transferred that psyche and that emotions they preserved it and they transferred it to the future generations mm. right so whatever we do is also to their credit the fact that you, you and adit and i are sitting in our uh, you know our homes in america and still talking about it that is a credit to our ancestor so number this is one point and the other point yes you could say that you know maybe we could have you know raised the we raised it and we could have like waged a war and reinstituted the temple and whatever but there there is there is a permanence to this temple now right and i'm not saying that now at least at the very least nobody can pretend to be just to believe for justice and liberty and fairness and peace and still go and take that thing down if you do that right if and, and which is what never aim plb's uh, tweet is important because they are reminding us of hagia sophia and in that thing there is nothing except majoritarian hate and yeah. anger and bigotry and absolute unbridled hate for hindus which would actually take you to a hagia sophia type solution right let's not pretend that the turkish government has taken any moral step it has taken any decolonizing step it has it is it was driven out of hate for christians and the christians were driven out of hate for pagans also, when they took on the so abhi hamara we did but we did not it is a credit to our civilization and our values that we did not succumb to that no nehal that is I, I don't agree with the comparison for one reason alone. There were for five acres that the Ayodhya uh, district magistrate has awarded. No, no, no. That's what I'm saying. I'm not comparing. I'm showing you something else. I'm saying if the the AMPLB is saying we are going to take the temple back, right? We are going to reinstate. Basically, what they're saying is that in Turkey we took the church and which you which uh, which and we have converted it into a mosque. So don't be very happy about your temple because we are going to make it into a mosque. So if you do that, if you do that. you will show the world that you are not driven by any sort of liberty peace justice or whatever like fancy terms you like to throw at us what you are actually driven by is hate right. it is hate for hindus and we did not succumb to that we actually stood our ground we stood by the ethos of our civilization we did not succumb to majoritarian hate and that itself is also a credit to our civilization i, I am i am i am getting i just let one one last rebuttal not not a rebuttal but an agreement with a just one last thing is i will agree to your uh, uh, good observation that uh, we have to defer to the patience and the the acumen of our ancestors but i am not sure our next generation will be so patient 
I'm not sure about it. I just saw the Krishna Janmasthana. I'm not saying he, and patience is not what I'm arguing for. Yeah, I'm not yeah. patience, right? Patience is a different matter. But the point is that whatever was thrown at us, we did our yeah. best. Right? To, yeah, abhi, haan, we can sit yeah. in our room and we can talk about our 1990. We don't know what how would we react, right? Mm-hmm. We, we managed our best based on what we, we had what awareness we had, what tools we had, and, and all of them were driven out of sheer commitment. Absolutely. Right? Okay. It wasn't, la- I, I wouldn't call it laziness because it, at that time, re- realistically, what options did we have? Right? was a revolutionary token 20 years ago. What the hell are we talking about? Right? Wo, wo communal statement tha, wo jo hai, uske so we had lost to that point and we came back and that is a credit. You know, and, and, and while Neha gets ready for the last, the second part or the last part of this discussion where we want to talk about the global thing, I want to end this part with one thing. It's a thread I did on the day that when we talk about the whole thing about Jai Shri Ram and slogans, let's not forget in 1990, right after BJP came to power, Mulayam Singh Yadav and Kanchi Ram came together with his, with a slogan that was coined by a BSP person or something that Mile Mulayam Kashi Ram, Hava Me Ho Gai Jai Shri Ram, right? As a derogatory slogan to the Jai Shri Ram slogan. From there to Akhilesh Yadav now supporting the Ram Temple, Mayavati is sort of giving that. That has happened in our lifetime. From 1993. Yeah, he was recently used to do I'm saying right now, Politically, he cannot afford to oppose the Ram Temple in UP. Can yeah. he? If he opposes that, he will be wiped out, right? And that is the change where, where after due process was followed, electoral things that happened, that the center of the Indian politics has changed. No, no I agree with you 100%. Now, this is competitive Hindutva. <laughs> now, who, they are going to try to outdo themselves. <laughs> no, no, I hope it is. We are celebrating too early because up, uh, the yeah. other side, we are. I, I'm not celebrating. I'm just smiling right now. Actually, to be very honest, I really don't understand. Maybe I was talking to the people and I really don't understand what uh, is uh, Congress doing or, or like Congress and allies doing. Then even, e- let's say I let's say we buy the theory that they're trying soft Hindutva. If they're trying soft Hindutva, then the, why is the Bhai Behan doing this Pavalpanti? Uh, the Behan is saying Jai Shri Ram and then Bhai is saying Ram is not going to live in this symbol of cruelty, injustice and hate and whatnot. So then you have Shri, this guy uh, Shashidharu writes a freaking book on being a Hindu and then he mocks all the Hindus who worship Shri Ram as a god. What strategy is this? Even I'm not even saying, like, let's not talk about their actual beliefs. As a political strategy, on the most momentous occasion of Hindus around the world, you decide to say this. You would, if you hadn't said anything, that would have been better politically for you, to be honest. So I, what this, this is not even monkey balance, and this is just insanity, right? Like, Before this conversation goes off on any further tangents, Neha, what point do you have? Because uh, uh, we we are no fans of Ashutosh Govarikar films, so we'll we'll have to end our our podcast in less than an hour. So, what point did you have in uh, of? So my my limited point was yesterday, as you know, that I I uh, live in New York. Um, and we had this uh, planned that we were, we were going to do a massive celebration on Times Square. Um, so we had planned all these billboards that were going to go up. 
um and uh, they, i know that uh, i know the like i found finally found the hindu groups that planned it and i thanked them for trying um and then the the end then the whole thing started right the whole drama started now there is a distinction here at least in india the opposition is pretending political opposition is pretending to to distinguish between hinduism and hindutva right in india they have actually stunned sorry in america they have abandoned that pretense right even in india chashi tharoor is also te- technically quote quote saying hindutva is hinduism but he is not openly saying it because he also posted a picture before where he was comparing hinduism and hindutva and whatever madness but in america that they that that entire present pretense is dead right so i wanted to show you some of the pictures that we saw uh, yesterday that surfaced from the protest look at this this was from new uh, anti uh, protest against us uh, they, they literally are saying jai shri ram means murder right this is not jai shri ram is not a, uh, just a hindutva thing jai jai shri ram is not a hindutva icon as we mentioned in the beginning of the podcast people from korea people from thailand people from uh, the entire world like you know revere shri ram jai shri ram like jai shri ram is a slogan of the masses it is popular in guyana it is popular in caribbean islands it, it, it's not even hindu like it's not even an indian thing anymore right jai shri ram is, is the slogan by which people greet each other hindus greet each other around the world in uh, iskon temples jai shri ram still reverberates mm. right you have so many hindus in poland in russia in in africa in, in you know in caribbean islands that are constantly saying jai shri ram this is not political anymore you are you are blurring the lines between hinduism and hindutva for a reason you are deliberately doing that other thing that i wanted to um, show you then then uh, then this one right so here if you notice what he is saying is that uh, the universal appeal of ram and sanatan dharma cannot be observed but notice this line right the white line in red for hindutva ram is a god to be worshiped so for people who worship ram as a god is hindu people who worship ram as a god is hindutva right that is literally all hindus i don't know any hindu who does not worship ram <laughs> now this one we saw and then uh, now this is the commentary that comes up right systemic massacre and rape of thousands of indian muslims for the past 30 years okay bjp came to power only you know barely 6 years ago so basically what they're saying is that the congress government was allowing this and doing this so the lines between the hindu ye bjp rss nahi hai this has nothing to do with bjp rss right now according to this guy sonia gandhi's government was supporting this yeah you, sonia gandhi manmohan singh's government was supporting this, this no, no, is what their claim is if you go from 1990 no no let me complete ek minute let me ha huh, sorry No, no. I'm saying if you go from 1990 to 2020, from uh, uh, if uh, 91 to 96, there was Congress government. Then two years with Congress government support. Seven, ten years UPA, seventeen. And if you add Chandrasekhar and others in, seventeen and a half out of thirty years were ruled by UP Congress. Ha. So now here he is saying he is attacking Harsh Harshi's company and saying that you are supporting program by not BJP, not RSS. even the congress governments right and so what is the commonality between all of us is is we were hindus number one then here you have uh, this guy is comparing he lit the sorry the part that was cropped out because i didn't have any space uh, is basically a picture of people celebrating after ayodhya the text in hindi says uh, the people are celebrating dancing for the on the, the occasion of the consecration of the temple 
this fellow is saying that uh, uh, this is happening at the peak of covid uh, religion was all whatever whatever and then this is peak against this hooliganism right so apparently uh, dancing in celebration is hooliganism when you do it for shri ram and the look at the people who retweeted this right this is the south asia solidarity initiative it's the idea for this expressing solidarity with is not hindus exactly here i also believe that they should have worn masks but that's a separate debate not this no 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 okay. uh, yeah of course like but uh, let's not, let's not sit in america and tell people in india that they should wear okay. that's what i'm saying so the the, the huh. is different ha huh. now this person suchitra vijayan is the lead character and she exploits her the names the sound a little hindu so she exploits that fact now here she is now she actually has twisted uh, ambedkar's words so she is supposedly quoting bala sahab ambedkar and saying in every hindu the consciousness that exists sorry there is no hindu consciousness of any kind in every hindu the consciousness that that, that exists is the consciousness of its caste right and um, uh, that is this, that is the reason why hindus cannot be said to form a society or a nation what did bala sahab actually say he said sorry uh, yeah he said indeed the ideal hindu must be like a rat living in his own hole refusing to have any contact with others there is an utter lack amongst the hindus of what the sociologists call consciousness of kind consciousness of kind is a sociological term where people sort of create a brotherhood with the other hindus right so if you if you let's like with their own kind of people so like white people will see a white person and feel solidarity or something of that sort so he is lamenting that hindus don't have that then he says there is no hindu consciousness of kind that is a sociological term there is no any here mm. not of any kind there is no hindu consciousness of kind uh, in every hindu the consciousness that exists is the consciousness of caste that is the reason why hindus cannot be said to form a society or a nation now what he is actually saying is he is lamenting that caste distinctions are dividing hindus to the point that they do not have a con confined like a joint consciousness so she is exactly saying the opposite and very you know smartly put the pain in his words because he is saying we we are hindus keep living like different people they wear different clothes they eat different food they do not sympathize with each other because of caste like people are busy in their own you know kayastha samajan and kamma samajan whatever samajas and they are not paying attention to what the larger problem is so he is lamenting unity of hindus and here this woman is saying that to unite in hindus is casteism it's exactly opposite it's a very deliberate project and if you notice neha ji if you look at the try attempt to try to delineate delineate consciousness with uh, in uh, with hinduism did you see that attempt that's also yeah, one other subtle attempt they were trying to make but but yeah. uh, but my my summary point is that you know this is transition beyond politics beyond yeah. bjp oh, yeah. rss yogi it has nothing to do oh, with yeah. anything what they are and pehle this was like we had discussed this intellectual argument that was being uh, talked about in indology circles now it is coming to the ground now if you are a hindu you must you know you must abandon that hinduism because that hinduism is the new whiteness on top of that there is a caste uh, there is a book the ridiculous book that at least like new york at uh, the new york times article that came out i am kind of basing the conclusions off of that which is literally basing the blame for fascism for hitler's white supremacy also on hindus like yeah, i yeah. mean <laughs> like we are
are like the ultimate evil like we are the original sin okay yeah <laughs> so, colonialism are ultimately adit colonialism bhi hame hamare upar hi thopenge bolenge aapke log hamare purvaj the हाँ हाँ नहीं नहीं नेहा वो बोलेंगे आपके लोग हम हम मानते हैं आपके लोग हमारे पूर्वज थे पहले हमको आपने कॉलोनाइज किया हाँ हाँ नो हो चुका है ये वाला इन्वेजन थ्योरी पागल औरत एक साइड में बोल रही है ऐसा नहीं है दैट Book Opera bought 500 copies of that book and is now sending it to CEOs across the US. Oh, This is Opera is supposedly French with Deepak Chopra. That did not matter, right? There was no conversation. So now fascism is the fault of Hindus. Uh, white supremacy is the fault of Hindus. And to imagine saying this in a country that is so racially charged right now and directing all the hate against one percent minority religion just because they worship a different god than well, you. I mean. excellent point and i maybe in the next few weeks to come maybe leading up to the us election neha you and i have to have a follow up conversation and expand this point further but i'm flat out of time but i'm glad you said what you did i have to say a very funny thing though i think the reason why opera is friends with deepak chopra is she might have grown fed up of his kind of hinduism or his explanation of hinduism because he might have used 15000 words to explain one i'm i'm joking i'm being facetious of course um but let's let's look at the serious point right here right the serious point is that there is so much misinformation being spread using false quotations that might or not might be conveying different meanings just to fulfill the ideology and what we haven't talked about is these protests were there about the ram mandir but somehow kashmir also crept in with these protests the larger point here is also this that it doesn't you know why i'm saying this neha right if people who are talking about ram mandir and are talking about minorities and stuff like that and they are talking about the last 30 years last in the last 30 years kashmiri hindus were also forced out of their homeland why do they not talk about that right why so do another important element here is that my my i will end with this it doesn't matter what your politics is anymore right it doesn't matter whether you like bjp or modi or rss or vhp or or uh, whatever you are if you are a hindu who loves shri rama you are on target if you are a hindu who da, who da, does not constantly apologize for existing you are you are hindutva right there was an abhi recently i found i was doing some research on this i found a phd thesis or a masters thesis from university of washington that said hindu mandir executive council a conference a conference of all the mandir executives that happens annually or biannually here in america is hindutva and also on page 24 it says hindutva is equal to fascism and so then the logic that person draws is that because uh, the, he agrees that actually diverse groups uh, so first he says fascism because it is homogenization then he says diverse group hindu groups from shakta tradition chaiva tradition all come up to that uh, conference he admits that and then he goes on to say but this is still hindutva because they come together and discuss a pan hindu identity so discussing a pan hindu problem like discussing ki bhai we are walking past our differences we are finally making an attempt to walk past caste walk past this sect and that sect they are saying walking past those differences and attempting to unify is hindutva right so if you are a hindu and you are trying to solve problems of your society through without abandoning hinduism then it is hindutva 
so i want people i want listeners who do not recognize they who are who cringe at the word hindutva or who have you know mixed feelings about the politics of the land or maybe don't even know about the politics of india i want all of you to seriously think and listen to what the other side is saying because you may you may be you may not you know feel anything when adit or pramod or neha are attacked but you they will come to your door and it will happen sooner or later this is how the gas chambers exercise began this is how that propaganda began this is how it begins right you first start caricaturing an entire group of people millions and millions of people you build up hate against them and then it leads to lynching and then you justify that lynching that is what is happening and you unfortunately the choices has been, have been made for you you do not have the luxury to make you know politically correct statements and so think that i may be not be affected that that's my limited final point I, I think my my conclusion, Adit, and just give me half a minute on that is: step one was the Bhumi Pujan. Step two is that those who are supportive of BJP, those who have uh, you know done a lot of work for the BJP or uh, who are on social media and who have uh, good intentions for the BJP, have to convey that step two is not the construction of the Ram Temple. That is, it's already ongoing. step 2 is to man up and tell america that next time you attempt to do these sly things fund these projects uh we will have to take action and and, and take it very seriously and you know cut the ties uh with you as a country and as a civilization as a whole once and for all because we have pardoned you after the excesses the colonial excesses in 1947 we have not uttered a thing against america but if america continues to champion uh, the neo colonial state and tries to impose its thought processes using its deep state elements we will have to stop doing business with you and have to happening with america itself right this now what you said can be the position of the indian government against like at a government level but what happens of the millions of hindus who are not indians right what happens to them right? and what what happens to the people Were born as Americans, who were raised as Americans, they are also Hindus. Everything cascades down to taking on the first and the biggest bully, Neha Ji. If you don't take on this bully, you will never be able to bully and talk to a a a, a guy from Guyana or Suriname. No, no, right now. No, no. That this argument does not work because it literally goes against the ethos that we are talking about. This is about Hindu unity, and yes, we do not we, abandon the we'll, collateral damage. We are not going to care we'll, about. We'll bring you guys on to have a follow up, uh, follow up discussion on who the bully is and who the bullied are, uh, but <laughs> or who the bully was and who the bully is. But yeah. in the end, I think I would like to conclude our discussion with the following thing, right? that first of all it is very important to go back and read the books that you know shape the narrative on this and i'm not saying the ideological narrative just the facts right read hindu temples and what happened to them right by sitaram goel arun shauri and others read minakshi jain's a flight of the dts there are so many books available there are so many discussions available there are so many webinars available if ha ah, go and read neha's entire wall <laughs> next <laughs> Next time we'll tell Neha to have her camera flipped and she'll do slow motion sort of video of her book. <laughs> Start. We'll go from there. But but really, so normally we end with recommendations and th- things like that. But since this podcast was of such a you know such a strange historical event, which where we started from you know four five hundred years ago to the modern day political context, I want us. I want you guys to read these books 
and then write to us what you feel about it. Even if you completely disagree with us, guys, write to us, right? If you do not engage, discuss, and you know, debate, we are not like the other side. We want your opinions to be heard and we want to discuss with, you know, where there is an issue. One book that I want to highlight, which is not talked about often in Hindutva circles, but it must be, is is the entire body of writing of Sri Aurobindo. He was the original and the most fantastic man ahead of his time on decoloniality. He has like, we, we kind of, you know, because at that time we were so mentally colonized, we weren't able to understand what he's saying. But pick those books out, pick those articles, pick those essays, read it through. You will, you, there, it, there's a vast body of information that is. I'll, I'll give an added, uh, or maybe even Vivekananda, right? But that's, that's Vivekananda is before Sri Aurobindo uh, as well. Um, so Swami Vivekananda is obviously must read. I'll, I'll throw in an added incentive. Go to Auroville, go to Puducherry, stay in the ashram, enjoy that atmosphere and then read Auroville. You know, once this COVID is over, maybe maybe take a trip to there and, you know, broaden your horizons. But, but Sri Aurobindo is not just a spiritual, he should also be read as a decoloniality thing. I'm just throwing an added incentive that you travel bhi ho jayega, COVID. Ke baad. But, so, Dharampal. <laughs> my, my recommendation is this smart video that uh, Team Shaktitva came up with on Rakshabandhan. I showed it to my daughter, by the way. She liked it very much. So These are the ways you have to build on the narrative. These are really quirky, very you know nice take on on the narrative that is built against us. But well done, uh, Team Shaktitva. Support our, support our friends at Shaktitva. Support our authors who write for Mind and Shaktitva. All, you know, we're all together in this whole discussion thing. And maybe, you know, we can, or sorry, Vichar Manthan, maybe we'll butt our heads more often on the podcast and come to the conclusion. So thank you so much, Pramod and Neha for joining. Couple of things, guys. Um, I know a lot of you listen to us on SoundCloud. If you want to listen to the screenshots and stuff, uh, you'll have to go to the YouTube page to listen, like watch the video. I'm not going to be posting individual screenshots. I'm sorry. Uh, second, please follow us on you. Uh, you know, on Twitter. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel and uh, uh, our SoundCloud page. So uh, follow Shaktitva as well. And, you know, you can always write to Pramod Neha or I, and uh, we'll be happy to answer your questions. Thank you so much, guys, and hope for a more, more invigorating discussion very soon.